It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. You New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Good morning and uh, welcome, 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 welcome to another morning without Smithy. That's right, Stephen McIver here and uh, good to have you with us uh, this uh, Wednesday morning. I won't lie, I feel like a bucket of bums this morning. Uh, Picked up COVID yesterday and uh, have sweated out the fever last night and uh, that's the way it rolls so far. So it is just one of those days, but I'm sitting here looking at the sunshine. I can see Rangitoto and the sun's good, so it feels good to have the sun in the back. Uh, A busy old show today brought to you by New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand, Polaris. Coming shortly, going to talk to Mark Cadell about Junior Farr and Hemi Ahio and how they are going to go on June 5's card, the Cambosis haney Lightweight World Championship title fight at Marvel Stadium. Also involved in that uh, will be uh, David Nika, although they haven't found him an opponent yet. So that's going to be really interesting. No opponent yet for David Nika, and whether or not he gets a crack. He says he wants to light light a fire and put a, create fireworks about that, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Also this morning, we're going to talk to um, <clears throat> Aaron Young. Well, I'm not going to. Uh, Logan, the wonderful producer, uh, is going to talk to the Auckland Tuatara basketball coach, Aaron Young, about how they're doing so well in this NZBL season. They're 4-0 and at the moment. They're going to pick up uh, Daniel Fote, who's going to uh, come out of college shortly, finish his degree. He'll be another big pickup. But they are 4-0 and and beating up everybody at the moment. It's, it's another big story, too, because the Tuatara have also, on the other side of things, uh, been readmitted into the Australian uh, Baseball League. Is back, the ABL. Remember, of course, they pulled the pin when COVID hit, and then the whole thing fell over, the whole competition fell over. Well, they are back. They've got a, a new commissioner, and he said, no, they they are welcome. So that's the way that one rolls. We'll do the panel this morning, too, with Andrew Gordy uh, from TV3 and Sam Ackerman, formerly of TV3. Uh, a few things to talk about there. And after 11 o'clock this morning, we're going to talk to my good friend, uh, Daryl Halligan, the chook, about what the hell is going on at the Bulldogs, because it is, is an absolute mess there at the moment. Uh, Trent Barrett has resigned. They've, his high-performance manager is gone. And Brent Naden has uh, pulled the pin on them and been released immediately and signed a two-year deal with the West Tigers. So there is <clears throat> there is uh, so much going on uh, there that, that we should be talking about. Now, if you want to give me a call, and we will give you the chance to win a $50 Chemist Warehouse card, gift card, around 9.30 this morning, and that's quite simple, really, 0800 150811, 0800 Or you can text, I'd rather you talk to me, though, on double through the Tampa Bedpost uh, text line. That's the Temper Bed Post text line double eight double three. So there's uh, there's plenty to, to look forward to uh, this morning uh, before midday today. I suppose one thing that we could talk about, and, and it's probably already been broached, 
is the report into Cycling New Zealand and uh, the second report in, in recent memory about putting people before athletes, you know, and the athletes coming second, athletes being meat in the sandwich and not do, and just being treated poorly. I struggled when I saw and heard Phil Holden, the chairman of Cycling New Zealand, apologise. I really struggle with that, an apology when a young lady has lost her life in Olivia Podmore and others have left the sport because of the incredible pressure and all that comes out of that is another report and an apology. Now, I suppose the question we have to ask is, is an apology good enough? Is an apology good enough when this has been an endemic problem for a number of years and only came, comes to light when someone loses their life or suspected suicide? So if you've got some thoughts on that, I'd really love to know. I'll give you the chance to win that $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card as well on 0800 because <clears throat> I struggle. I struggle with it because I've been around cycling. I've been to a number of events, and I know how hard those cyclists work. But the pressure on them, and you can see from the coaches, I'm not pointing the finger at the coaches, I'm just saying the environment is incredibly competitive. And, and I suppose it brings up that question too. As, as to uh, Olympics and Commonwealth Games, how important is it anymore? You know, uh, they, they, get, they get high performance funding. If they don't make it, they lose their funding straight away and they're done. And that's it. And that's, that's what happens. Nothing else can, can go on. And you go, well, why bother? Why bother for the ability to put a, a medal around your neck. Now, that's probably being unfair because it is really important to a lot of athletes that they go and do this, that they go and train in doing something that they love. But the end of the day, and it doesn't, doesn't have to be limited to cycling, does it matter anymore? Is it really important? What, what, where does this all pan out? Have a think about that. 0800 150811. Back shortly. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.13 on a Wednesday morning with Stephen McIver. There's a fight night at the Auckland Museum this coming Friday night. It is the POTUS Boxing Fight Night uh, presented by Culture Kings. And the promoter, young guy that is doing good things in the local boxing scene, is Nick Randall. G'day, Nick. G'day, Stephen. How are you going? Yeah, good, man. Uh, it's an exciting night for you because, uh, you know, the old events, the events area has been, uh, you know, decimated through COVID. But you, you have a six-fight card uh, this coming weekend. I'm look, really looking forward to uh, this women's fight, a catchweight, four-by-two-minute rounds. Michelle Preston and Holly McMath. Uh, uh, Michelle Preston has fought for uh, three times for a world title. And Holly McMath has just come off another national win in Golden Gloves. I mean, uh, what can we expect from this? Well, yeah, that, we've actually pushed that to co-main as well. I think it justifies it with um, Holly and quite small struggles to find opponents in New Zealand. But, um, but yeah, Michelle stepped up into a catchweight, and I think, yeah, expect fireworks for that one. Uh, Marcus Hayward, who I've seen fight before, have you found him an opponent yet? Because that boy has heavy where, hands. Where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Hayward, we really want to find him a fight. We've, we've got someone penciled in, and I think he deserves 
someone to, yeah, I, I guess shake the dust and, and get him a win. I mean, you look at his record, four and four, doesn't do him justice. He's fought four tough blokes for his losses um, with Bikalevich and, and a few others. But, um, but yeah, Hayward, great fighter, come forward, all action. Um, again, so he, he's looking, we're looking to open him on on the first fight of the night and, and then, yeah, to set up an awesome show. Yeah, John Parker against Dylan Wright. They go around again. Parker won that last fight by a unanimous decision, but Dylan Wright uh, under the Isaac Peach uh, banner believes he can get him this time. Was more worried about what his opponent rather than what he was doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, Dylan is a tricky one for him. Isaac Peach was obviously uh, overseas with um, David Light, so it was tough not having Isaac there. But I think, again, this one justified rematch from two weeks ago and, and doing it over six rounds. So uh, one judge had it a draw. So I think, yeah, Dylan, again, a guy who fought some tough opponents in New Zealand, Andre Mikhailovich again and a few others. But, um, but yeah, a very, very tight fight. Very tight fight. Um, and, yeah. And then, of course, you've got Jerome, your main event, Jerome Pampelone, this uh, up-and-coming young English plumber in the Peach Stable against uh, Nick Shararampos. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Jerome's a beautiful fighter to watch. He's got a big future in front of him, hasn't he? Jerome, yeah, exactly, and, and promoted by Dean Lonergan but, um, and, and was scheduled to fight John Parker uh, for the light heavyweight championship. Unfortunately, um, John pulled out, lack of preparation. But, yeah, look, Nick the Greek... Uh, steps in game as well. Like he's uh, over six rounds, makes him very dangerous. And um, yeah, I think it's closer than you. It's, it's not. It's not. I, I wouldn't write this one off as a Jerome victory at all. Uh, you've got Nick, who's ten kgs heavier. And it, look, yeah, like it's, it's Nick fought Guy Apatia, who's fighting for a cruiserweight title. He went the distance with him. Um, so Jerome either make statement or who knows, who knows, it'll be good. All right, mate, I appreciate the time, buddy. Uh, it is the POTUS Fight Night uh, brought to you by Culture Kings on Friday, live on Sky Sport at the Auckland War Memorial Museum. On June 5, it's a lightweight world title fight at Marvel Stadium. Some 50,000 tickets already sold for Cambosis against Haney. Now, on that card, Hemi Ahio and Junior Farr and also potentially David Nika. Their promoter, well, I'm not so sure about David Nika's promoter, is Mark Cadell, another president. It's a bit boxing half hour. Hello, Mark. Hello, Stephen, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, it's been a year since uh, Junior went out to have a crack, and I said to you, please don't fight Lucas Brown. Well, he's fighting Lucas Brown. What do you, <laughs> what do you see in this one going forward for Junior? Well, I think the thing is in boxing, you have a budget to get fighters, and Lucas is the is the top fighter we can get for the budget. Um, the American fighters won't come over and fight this part of the world against Kiwi or Aussie unless they triple the price. So it's um, it'll, it'll still be a good fight. I mean, the gallon loss he had was unfortunate. Um, looked like he got kind of hit behind the back of the head there and then he got flat out knocked out but we're not really counting that as a Lucas Brown loss just because of the way it happened so we'll have a good fight Junior's in great yeah. shape yeah look it's very unlike Junior Far to say quote I'm promising violence yeah no Junior's um, he's ready to roll he, he was 
he really he really wanted to fight pretty quickly after that Parker fight. It was gutted to lose. It was it was a close fight. We lost by unanimous decision, but all rounds were close. You know, there's three or four punches in each each round, and and that was the difference to winning and losing on that night. And so his style has kind of improved dramatically with that level of increase in competition. And so he's looking forward to using that at a kind of a pretty aggressive game against Lucas Brown. Yeah, it's a hell of a card to be on. I mean, if he if he's solid here, does it open doors? Oh yeah, man. I mean, this is on ESPN and every household in America and the world in prime time US TV. So both Hemi and Junior have got this massive opportunity. I mean, this is the biggest card in Australasian history, I would say, as far as what's on the table. Yes, Anthony Mundine versus Danny Green is a big fight. Yes, Shane Cameron versus David Tour. It's a big fight, but this internationally is way yeah. more significant. And so the fact that we're, you know, on the the, main, the co-main event basically is, is amazing for us. You know, and same with Hemi. He's gonna the world's gonna see Hemi bark someone out. I am so looking forward to seeing Hemi Ahio. If you remember, where Sky used to do that thing called Super Eight, and Hemi Ahio came in, and he's got the heaviest hands I've ever seen. Now, he's he's almost like the forgotten heavyweight. He's eighteen and O. I mean, how old is he at this point, and, and where does his career? go from here? He's up against Joe Jones. Look, Hemi's at that level where he can fight Joseph Parker tomorrow. Will they fight him? Probably not because Hemi punches so hard. He can knock anyone in the world out. You know, we asked Malik Scott on Instagram, you know, who are the hardest hitters he's been in the ring with and he was like Hemi, Ahio, Deontay Wilder and Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. So, you know, he, but of course he's a slightly shorter heavyweight, and so he has those challenges like David Tua had, but, you know, David Tua knocked a lot of guys out. Hemi Ahio will. He, the interesting thing with Hemi is that it's almost like the career has stalled. He's only 18 and 0. Well, it's not a stall, it's just bloody hard to get in and out of the country in the last two years. Yeah. And the really big fights happened, but the kind of stepping stone fights didn't happen. And you get guys like Israel Adesanya that can't afford to stay overseas for three months. But guys like Hemi, with what they get paid at this stage in their career, they can't live overseas for three months afterwards to get back into New Zealand. Hey, now now we're open and we're ready to roll. You know, it's, it's, I mean, you, are you excited about where Hemi could go, or is the focus more on Junior? Oh, look, I, I look at them really independently, eh? and, and and Junior's kind of just a little bit of hitty Hemi as far as where his career is at and, and from his from his um, amateur stuff. But but Hemi, Hemi, Hemi can knock anyone in the world out, eh? David Neekin, what's the story there? Parker. Oh, well, David Nick is a swing bout, which means that if there's uh, some early finishes, he'll get on the TV part of the show as well, which is a huge opportunity for his third fight. I mean, David Nick is a dead set, you know, future world champ in the cruiserweight division, and it's kind of up for him to mark up rather than than, than having to kind of work, work particularly hard to get there. He's got all the talents and skills to do it. So I you, think you, 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 you genuinely think he's a world champion? Because I, I would suggest that there's, he's got a lot of work to do before he gets there. Oh, look, this is a development game, and it takes time to do it. But David's got all the tools to do it, and it's just learning to play chess in the professional game. It is a different sport. You know, you're not fighting three-minute rounds. You're fighting 12-minute rounds. It becomes like an 800 metres to a 10,000 metres, which is a different athlete. And... You know, the, 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 the pace slows down, the strategicness increases. And that's why if you throw guys in too early and fight, they lose and they make mistakes. 
But I think if, if, if you were to look at one area that David Nika needs to work on, is that his head game? Um, or am I putting think, it on the spot? No, I'm just trying to think about what David needs to work on. I think David had a bad breakup with the coach a few years ago, and I think it was really hard on him. So I think the thing he needs to work on is just getting a coach he can really trust and commit to. And I, and I think they've got that with Noel Thornbury over in Australia. And they're about to do their first camp. So we'll see how that goes. But I think the amateur style is quite different. You don't see knockouts and finishes in amateurs. And sometimes you're touching and getting out. While David probably needs to you know, sit down on his punches and use his power because he's got a truckload of it. So in the pros, I think you'll see quite a different fighter than the amateurs. Because it is quite a different sport. Kind of rugby and rugby league. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. All right, Mark, uh, you sound like you're a little busy. Where are you at the moment? Mate, I'm at St Kilda Cafe in Cambridge. We're sticking a new menu on today. So I was at St Helia's Bay just yesterday, which was great. And um, I just want to give a big shout-out to the to the, to the female boxers in New Zealand boxing team of Troy Garten, uh, Tasman and um, Ari Nicholson. You know, they're going great, and I'm wishing them well for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, we are where boxing is in good shape. Thanks for your time, buddy. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. See you later. Ma- Mark Cadell, promoter of Junior Far and also Hemi Ahio. And when you when you look at the likes of Hemi Ahio at 18 and 0, and uh, Junior Far, who uh, they are incredibly good. I mean, Junior Far, what's he sitting at? 19 and 1. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to. If you want to have a chat about that, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. And you can actually uh, pay, potentially go on that draw. Couldn't they, Logan, to go and to win that uh, chemist warehouse gift card? That's Logan, by the way, as the producer. They could not if they were going to give you a call, couldn't they, Logie? Yeah, they could do that, mate. If uh, they call up, you know, there's a very good chance that they could win a $50 uh, Chemist Warehouse voucher. We've had some great callers uh, since we started doing this, uh, and we always love hearing from you. We know we've got loyal listeners to the station, and we always love hearing from them, but if you're, wondering, if you're like, man, yeah, maybe I'll call in, just just do it. Love to hear from you. First-time caller, long-time listener. Isn't that the magic <laughs> words in radio? Cannot believe you just threw that one out. First time caller, long time listener. 0800 That's 0800 uh, Logan is going to be talking to Aaron Young, the Auckland Tuatara basketball coach. Uh, is that something to look forward to? Am I, am, I, am I to look forward to this one? Because they're 4-0. They're, they're a new team, although they just renamed an old Auckland team. Yeah. Uh, am I looking forward to this? Because you did it. <laughs> wow, you're putting me on the spot here, mate. Yes, no, Aaron Young, uh, very good coach with the uh, Auckland Tuatara. Of course, they're going great guns. It is a massive matchup in the Sales NBL tonight. Uh, it is at Event, Fighter, Event Finder Stadium. North Shore Stadium. Uh, North Shore Stadium. Yeah, let's let's call it that. <coughs> Excuse the coughing. 7.30pm up against the Hawks Bay Hawks, who are coming off a tough loss against uh, SEN's very own. Otago Nuggets, but they looked very strong. It's going to be such a tough battle, McIver. That matchup features the top three rebounders in the league, and I can just imagine how physical things are going to be around the glass tonight. So it is definitely one to watch, either on Sky Sport or if you can get along to North Shore, go see it, man. Like, yeah. in, like it's such good entertainment, family entertainment, basketball, and yeah. So definitely look forward to that hearing that interview with Aaron Young uh, just after ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumping up Definitely my own tyres here, to hearing your interview with, with Aaron Young. Oh, there's a lovely thing I noticed on uh, Facebook page the other day. Uh, they've renamed the Saints Court McFadden Court. Did you see that? I did. You know, that is a nice touch. The, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, um, 
just a really really lovely moment so uh, when you go to TSB Arena and Wellington is now called McFadden Court after their great coach and player of the many many years who's sadly passed away uh, recently and he was a good bugger as well what's the time let's just check it out it's 9.26 we'll uh, check in with Araba shortly at 9.30 uh, just a quick note uh, that, that the world squash champs uh, a win and a loss in the third round in Cairo for Kiwi players well done, one. Paul Cole won his way into the men's quarterfinals with an 11-5, 11-0, 11-6 victory over Egypt's Mazen Hesham, or Hesham, excuse me, in 38 minutes on the outdoor court. Uh, Cole's march was halted briefly in 30 He got a cut on the knee. Ouch. Uh, was seen to be with Fazio, but uh, he closed out the win in straight games to set up a quarterfinal against either Tarek Momin, who won that world championship final in 2019-2020, or Welshman Joe Macken. Uh, he Cole's response to the win was, I'm just happy to get off in three. Mazin can make you do unbelievable amounts of work in some big lunges that can be really damaging to your body. But I managed to close it down today, and I felt like I was seeing it better. And it's nice to get on this court. It's a very true court. Very nice to play on, so I'm happy with tonight's performance. Now, in the earlier match, the women's world number five, Joelle King, beaten in the third round. By 15th rank, 15th rank, the Egyptian Nada Abbas, 7 11, 13, 15, 11, 8, 6, 11, and 58 minutes. King suffered an injury in the early stages of the match, but uh, battled back before the younger player, buoyed on by the home crowd, came through. You know what, Logan? I've always wondered what is it about Egyptians that they are so good at sport? Have you ever sort of sat down going, it's, one of the, it's, it's a weird one, right? If there's one country you go, yep, they do that well, it's squash. I just don't understand it. It used to be the. Uh, the Khans, you know, Pakistan, the, the Jahanga Khan, are those guys, but Jansha Khan. Now see Egyptians. wonder why. Is there just a factory of squash courts somewhere in Egypt, like in Cairo? And it's just, you know, you know how, like, I mean, when you think of table tennis, you think of China, right? Maybe it's like that. They just have these schools where they just pump out prodigy after prodigy. And, you know, this is the one sport that they want to dominate in. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Okay, 0800 Now's your chance to go in to win a $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card. Get on the phone. Anything you want to talk about this morning? Best caller wins. That's right. Best caller wins. 0800 What did you make of the cycling news, the review into Cycling New Zealand and the hideous culture they have? Uh, what do you make of Trent Barrett uh, pulling the pin on Canterbury? Or about the Warriors, who are about as exciting to watch as a back of the bums. Uh, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. You go on the draw. No, you don't. You go on the draw, yeah, but if you, you're the best call, I'll give you that $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card. So 0800 150811. Do that, and you could be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. What time is it? Should we go to Aroha? Yeah, I think we should. It's 9.29. Aroha, are you ready? Here we go. Talkback Time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's $50 Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811. So it's 9.31 on a morning without Smithy, Stephen McIverin, and I apologise if I sound like uh, pretty average. Picked up the vid yesterday, and, uh, oh, boy, it's knocked me around the last 24 hours, but there you go. Uh, who's on the line? Uh, first up, we have Zaid from Auckland. Come in, Zaid. Hello, mate. Hello. 
yeah, it sounds like it's definitely a bit of a mess with this Trent Barrett situation. Back, I can hardly hear you. Hello? Oh, I'm just struggling to hear can you, you hear a little me bit, mate. Now? Yep. Is that a bit better? Yep. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's a right mess with this Trent Barrett um, situation. And then I also heard something yesterday was that Steve Hansen said he reckons he shouldn't have gone. Yeah, oh, look, uh, Steve Hansen, I thought, had to actually finish with the dogs, but he's there as their sort of high-performance consultant. He was pretty angry that they let him go. He said that Trent Barrett will be a very good coach. He's a young coach and is, is not the finished article. And so uh, he was pretty angry. Now, I don't know whether that puts him offside with his employers or his the people that he contracts to, which are the Bulldogs, but he did mention the fact that, you know, that the Bulldogs board, they they go through well they change every two years so maybe the new board is a little bit itchy and they feeling pressure to just make change but i just find that it's not a very long view is it but when you're only winning five games out of 34 i guess you're not really doing a good job are you yeah, you're right. All right, mate. Thanks for the call. 0800 Let me go on the drill to win that $50 chemist warehouse gift card. Uh, on to our next caller. Hello, mate. Hi. Hi, who am I speaking to? Jeff. Jeff? Yep. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm just struggling to hear you a little bit. Yeah, okay. The line's Carry been on. awful to get through, Yeah? Yeah, go for it, mate. Okay. I just want to talk briefly about the Warriors and, and my concerns around, of course, the way the boys are playing, but right from the top, for the, guy, you know, the CEO, who is the guy who owns Altex Industries. Um, I'm wondering what the story with the board is, what, you know, why they're sticking with the coach they've got that no true Warriors fan could ever understand why he was employed in the first place and is just putting us through misery every week. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the Warriors, isn't it? Um, they, they feel like... Do you feel disconnected with the team? I do feel really disconnected with the team, and I feel sorry for the players because they're not getting the instruction that they should be. All the good coaches around the place are just saying they're not getting the message. So is it the players, or is it further up? Um, yeah, mate, I'm, I apologise. I'm struggling to hear you a little bit. Um, is it the players? Is it the coach? Is it what? Well, I think you have to start at the top, right? Um, we've had the Warriors have been away for two years, and it's been a struggle, right? And we and we understand that. We understand the situation and them doing the right thing by the NRL by staying over there and doing the right thing. It was the only thing to do, frankly, if the, to keep the competition going. <clears throat> I, I, there are many many opinions as to where the Warriors are at the moment, what, what they are, and. I mean, the question is: Do you recognise many in the team now? I mean, it's a very, it's a very tribal discussion. This because people, there are people who just love the Warriors, and you, and they, and they can't see outside either of them. That just that that's their team, and that's good. Having been around that for almost thirty years, the hard thing for me is that it, it because they've been away, that connection has been lost, and they don't help themselves by the way they're playing. Now, I think, I think they're in a situation where they continue to talk about how they've got a great roster but that roster's not being used effectively or it's just not good enough I mean they're, they're, they're not a top 8 team by any stretch of the imagination so uh, my question is is it time to ask questions about the coach 
There's a time absolutely. to ask questions. Is he the right guy there? Uh, would you agree or disagree? I absolutely agree, and I don't know why the hell he was picked in the first place. It would be like you guys backing a horse that nobody ever heard of with no form. Every, every rugby league lover knows the coach's form, which is not great. No, his form is not great, and <clears throat> I, I am cri- I am cr- openly critical of him uh, because when you he's a lovely guy. Don't get me wrong, really lovely guy. But when you ask a question and you talk to him, you don't really get an answer. Uh, he feels like a really good middle manager rather than uh, yeah. someone who can drive a team forward. I mean, when you look at the Warriors roster, it's not a bad roster. You know, I I, I spoke volumes about how good their forward pack was, but we also queried the fact that their backline is pretty light, and that's being found out quickly. So, I don't know. I I suppose the question then is, uh, what would you do? Who would you put in there? I'd put in someone tough for the first time. You listen to the guy who we lost, and the guy who went to, uh, uh, up top to the North Queensland area, the Cowboys. Oh, really? Todd Payton? A slow strategy, but boy, he has been tough on those guys. He's been really tough. And he's played the game to, as he says, make them comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. That kind of coach. All right, mate. Well, we'll just have to have to wait and see. Uh, thanks for your time, buddy. Appreciate it. No worries. Cheers. 0800 That's 0800 Do we have any more calls on the line there, Logan? We do. Mike from Taranaki. Come in, mate. Hey, Mike. How are you, buddy? Oh, how's things going? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think um, the boxing. Um, I've never heard of that uh, Hemi guy. Haven't you? Oh, no, Hemi has been around a while. We did. I remember on Sky did a thing about it <clears throat> some time ago uh, called Super yeah. Eight. And uh, mate, he's got heavy hands. He's got big hands. What, what's his last name? Hemi Ahio. Is he a Maori guy? Is he a Maori boy? Yeah, I think he is. Good, good cat, good so, cat, yeah, but can punch. Yeah, I'm I, I just. I think I might look that up on YouTube. Well, you should because you'll discover that he's he's quite squat. He's not the biggest guy going around. So, I suppose if I was to try and make a uh, comparison when it came to size, you could suggest yep. uh, a Tyson style, not as short, but that sort of that bulk. If you get my drift. Oh, okay, and. Um and you say you said he was eighteen and zero. Eighteen and zero, mate. So really, uh, what uh, is he uh, a heavyweight? Pardon? Is he a heavyweight? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he he would be in, in for the um, the games kind of thing um, later on, maybe. No, because he's a pro. Oh, he's a pro. He's not. He's not. A, he's not an amateur. He's a pro. Yeah. So he so, won't. He um, won't be yeah. Do you like your boxing? The, uh, well, I watch a little bit, but um, I've always watched David Tua, you know, and um, yeah. Joseph Parker and that. Um, unfortunately for Joseph Parker, I think he really needs someone like the Warriors need. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, that's an interesting one. Eh? I was going to fight, fight, fight Joe Joyce. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I mean, who is who is your favourite Kiwi boxer at the moment? Well, it used to be um, it used to be Cameron, but unfortunately for Cameron, um, 
he, he got his baked beans uh, a while ago from Parker. I oh, know, not Parker, from Tour. And um, I've sort of gone off. But now that this, this new guy's come along, I quite like that kneecow, you know, that... Um, yeah, no, you're right. I appreciate the call, mate. 0800 150811. That's 0800 Logan, have we got anyone else waiting on the line for our have a crack at that uh, chemist warehouse gift card? Yes or no? Give me a little nod of the head. No one on the line? Okay, we'll take a wee break here on uh, Mornings with McIver. It's 9.40. New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, 9.45 on a Wednesday with Stephen McIver. Uh, wherever you are around Aotearoa, New Zealand, I hope you're doing well. G'day, Bruce from Christchurch. How are you, mate? Stephen, um, probably a wee bit better than you, mate. I'm really sorry to hear you've got the bug. Um, <laughs> the vid. Hang in there, buddy. Take, take the meds, mate. Get the limbs up and um, hang in there. Good to hear your voice, though. Hey, Thanks, mate. What's up? Um, firstly, one quick point on the Warriors. Um, it's a bloody hard competition. And, yeah. you know, there are some teams that haven't won a title for 25, 30 years, as well as the Warriors. So it's one of those things. You, you have to have all your ducks in a line, and it has to start at the top. You and I know that. And I think the last two years have just been unfortunate. And this year is just too difficult. It's very hard to make any drastic changes with what's going on. They're tribal. They need to be home with their fans. It's as simple as that. They need to start again next year. And they need to make some big calls about who their identity is, what they want, where they want to head. And it's got to start at the top. Simple as that. Oh, okay. And when you say start I... at the top, what is it? What, what do you suggest? Right from the top, from the CEO down, or what? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, have, okay, have that's, you heard that's, much that's from? Big, that, that is a big who, call. Who's the chairman? Who's Ken's Rainfield? Is it Cameron George? No, uh, Mark yeah. <clears throat> Mark Robinson owns them, but the CEO is, is yeah. Cameron uh, George. I, I guess it's hard to make big financial changes or whatever when, you, when you've had this bloody virus going on and you've got a lot of inconsistencies and you've got to get back to your home roots where you are and make some solid calls and get back to the people. Get them. Ask them what they feel they should be doing and, and go from there. That's what they need to do. I mean, are and, you, and uh, Bruce, point? are you a Warriors fan? I've always been one. I was there on day one against the Broncos, mate, where they narrowly lost in Auckland. I'm in Christchurch. It's a bit hard to to get along to their games, but I'm always uh, I, I'm always a follower. I'll always be a fan. I think it's our only New Zealand NRL team. There's been talk about creating another one down here. I, I, uh, maybe that's the oh, answer. Look, I don't I, know. I, Bruce, I'll be blunt with you. There is no need to have another NRL team in this country. And if it was, I'd put it in Christchurch for a start, not Wellington. Uh, but I think with the yeah, amount of money that the amount of money that's required, and the <clears throat> should we say the the nature of how people, oh, what consume their sport, I, I don't think 
I don't think it would be a viable option financially for another team to come in. They'd have to have a hell of a war chest. Um, I, I think the Warriors, you know, yeah. they started on the right, the right road and they're part of our DNA, our sporting DNA now. We just need to find, I'll be blunt with you, to find the right coach. The NRL have always said it's beneficial to have the team in there. I assume they still feel that way. Yeah, mate. When I, they had to I, uh, I, 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 I don't know, but look, it's it's one of those things that it, it frustrates me to, to watch them play like that is. And you know, you, you almost get you almost fall into it, Bruce, of going. Shit, maybe people are, are right when they say they can play, you know, sixty minutes and then the last twenty. But they're actually a better team than we see, right? They're just a young team. They're a very, very yes, young team, are. and I'm not so sure that. You know, uh, the leadership's the key, right? Leadership is the key. Leadership on the field is the key. Is that in Fenua Black the right guy in the middle when he's off when he's off the field for a good twenty minutes every game because of the way they they run their their interchange? Is he the right guy to lead them? Now I'm not. I don't know Adam Fenua Blake from a bar of soap, but when you talk about leadership, it has to be consistent. So. Oh, well, we'll see how that goes, mate. Appreciate the call. 0800 Is Ed from Tolica Bay there? Or is he called back? I beg your pardon? All righty. Well, he's not there, so we'll uh, take a wee break. It's 9.50. Winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.55. Richard wants to talk about the Warriors. Funny when you start talking about the Warriors, they want to talk about the Warriors. G'day, Richard. G'day, Stephen. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Speak up, mate. I'm just having a few problems today. No, it's all right. Look, um, a couple of points. Uh, listening to those other other guys, and like, look, everybody's everybody's right in what they're saying. There's some stuff going on. Look, um, I think what we are considering, like, if we look at the Melbourne game, we were in it for half a game. It doesn't surprise me that our performance has gone downhill since Chanel took one to the Crown Jewels. Oh, and, and wow! Really? You think that's well, like, it? If you wow. look, mate, he's um he he's criminally underrated. He's a good defen- uh, defensive half, and I don't know about you, but when I've been hit down there, I struggle to talk, let alone play a game of footy. <laughs> it was a ruptured um, test school too, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. Like, um, but you know, if we look at our defensive structures, we've got uh, we've we've had to move our second rows around. So we've got young second rowers in there. And then, then Chanel as well. Chanel so we're losing our middle, middle defensive like around the around sort of out part of the ruck, and, and it's making our edges look edges having to come in to try and cover. Yeah. And then we're getting overlaps. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced that him coming back. Yeah. I believe he. Did. No, no. I, I'm not saying he's the saving grace, mate. But it's just a piece, like. What do you? At, what um, when you look at the squad? When you look at the squad, mate, what do you make of it? It's a good squad. I, I, I mean, obviously, we'll get on to Brownie. Like, I see him as a development coach. Yeah, but why would, you, why would you employ him? Why would you employ him in the first place? No one, no well, one who were they going to get, mate? Well, yeah, who were they no, going to get? Peyton, Peyton turned us down to go back yeah. to his home, and, and, and they offered him the job. Uh, yeah. Look, I, you know, I'd, so, um, I'd, I'd be looking closer within uh, Justin Morgan. Morgs is Morgs is coached in Super League. He's an astute follower of the game. He's a very good footballing Matt, brain. He, coach of the Kiwi Ferns. I'm, I'm obviously uh, not a coach. So I'd, I'd, and I, I would been. take a look at look at that. 
obviously not a, a footy coach, mate, but hasn't he been our defensive coach for like the last five years or something? And uh, our defense so has been sure. abysmal for there, quite but... some time. Yeah, you there? Yeah, Sorry, no, yeah, no I, under- I understand that, but you know, sometimes you have to work with what you've got and, and, and being told how you should play the game as well, so not so yeah. sure. I, I mean, I think there's a bit on the players, like it's all well and good to point out like the CEO and stuff, but Mate, managing a business, like they're trying to keep the club financially viable, and those players have been given every opportunity. Like they've moved them, they've brought their families over. Like, mm. it must be pretty hard to even keep the club afloat, let alone try and do that. So I think pointing at Cameron George and stuff like that, I think that's a little bit unfair. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the... I was. I mean, someone else was pointing the finger no, no, at Cameron. No. I, I, I would suggest. No, no, I still I just, think yeah. coach is the issue. Yeah, look, but I mean, who who are we going to get? Like, unless we can go out and get someone like Shane Flanagan? Yeah, I mean, I'd have him tomorrow. Right. Uh, in a heartbeat. And I, I know there's a lot of fans calling for that, but, you know, when when we'd won three in a row and then we sort of got gypped by the, in the Roosters game, like, things were looking rosy, and now that things have got a bit tough, like, there's there's a bit of fragility. Now, if they were to go out and win the next four or five games, which they could do with Origin, like, I don't believe yeah. that'll happen, but they could do it. But like, then what? Are we happy again? Like, yeah, I know, mate. I, I, I think, I think it needs to have a good reset. That's what I'm looking for, mate. I really appreciate the call. Love, yeah. I love talking about footy. I appreciate the time, buddy. Oh eight hundred one five oh eleven. That's one. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. And one of those calls, any call this morning, uh, will go into win that fifty dollars chemist warehouse gift card on oh eight hundred one five oh eight. Coming your way after ten o'clock this morning. Uh, Logan, my producer, is going to chat with Auckland Tuatara basketball coach Aaron Young about their ridiculously strong start. They're unbeaten 4-0. And then there'll be the panel too with Andrew Gordy and Sam Ackerman. Lots to talk about. So stay with us right here. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Three on a Wednesday morning, nothing like a bit of a funky Wednesday. Every time I come along and fill in for Smithy, Logan loves a good funky, a funky day. So today is Funky Wednesday, and there's nothing better than taking it back to the 70s and the 80s. Uh, we were talking uh, rugby league uh, prior to 10 o'clock with our calls to give the people the chance to win the $50 Chemist Warehouse gift card. It's just worth noting, too, with the Warriors this weekend, Jazz Tavanga will become the 27th player to appear in 100 NRL matches for the Warriors as they face the St. George Illawarra Dragons on Saturday. Now, in the ab- Absence of uh, Wade Egan, Tavanga has again been named to start a hooker, uh, which features the possible return of Ewan Aitken, which is cool. I think he is. Uh, I've seen the team, and I think he has been named. Uh, Jesse Arthur's in standoff, Chanel Harris-DeVita. He with the um, busted 
clacker. Uh, it was at the same ground as the same opponent that last club's last 100 game was brought up by former captain Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Last out, we don't, we don't talk about that anymore because he's not playing rugby league, so we shouldn't talk about that anymore at all. Uh, 26-year-old Tavanga will become the 23rd club product to go into 100 appearances after making his debut with the Warriors. Now, while he reaches 100 games this week, a long-time teammate, Bunty Afoa, cracks up 95 against the Dragons and he should play his 100th at the Mount Smart homecoming game against West Tigers on July 3. So there is uh, so much to look forward to. In this hour, coming shortly, Aaron Young, Auckland Tuatara basketball coach, and the panel with Andrew Gordy and Sam Ackerman. The NZBL is a really cool product live on Sky and in certain platforms around the country, and they, it's a very busy program too. And when you think uh, their, their former boss, Justin Nelson, took it to ESPN in COVID, and it was one of the few leagues that was around, he gave it to them and said, we just want our product, we want to play our product, and ESPN said, we'll take it. It has opened the door for many, many, many young Kiwi basketballers, both men and women, to potentially ply their trade, starting, of course, with the college system. Speaking of which, Daniel Foto is coming back to play for the Auckland Tuatara uh, about the end of the month after he just completes his degree. Anyhow, Logan, our producer, had a chat with Aaron Young, the Auckland Tuatara basketball coach, earlier today. There's a lot of buzz around the Auckland Tuatara at the moment. Yesterday, it was officially confirmed that the baseball arm of the Tuatara is coming back to the Australian Baseball League after a two-year hiatus, and that is on the back of what has been a red-hot start for the Auckland Tuatara basketball team, the only undefeated side in the New Zealand NBL. Joining us now on SCNZ Mornings is their head coach, Aaron Young. Welcome, mate. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Logan. appreciate you having me on. No worries. Hey, 4-0, and it's been a great start to the season so far for the Tuatara. What do you think has been clicking for you to, you know, make this hot start possible? Yeah, I think, you know, a big part of it is just the personnel that we have. Um, we've got great leadership with, with Rob and CJ, and they just so happen to be, you know, pretty important pieces for what we're trying to do. And, you know, they, they've, they've really backed it up on court by just uh, just having great length and, and then, you know, just playing a style of play that I think that, is a, is a winning style of play. And, you know, on the other side of that, you know, as a coach, you're always looking for ways to improve. So what's, what are some things that you've been focusing on with the team to make them better, to make them go further? Yeah, we, we've just been talking about our championship habit, you know, like, and, and just kind of the, the, the performance of the game, like results are important. But, you know, we feel like if we can improve week to week, game to game, you know, that puts us in a really good position, you know, when it comes to August. And we're, when we're competing for that uh, for their championship, so it's just it's, it comes all back to our winning habits. Um, we still have a lot of areas that we can improve on. I think offensively, we can be a lot more efficient with our with our, just our shot selection and you know our movement. Um, and if we combine that with some really solid defense and, and you know prevent some of those lapses that we've had in the last few games, I think we've you know, put ourselves in a really good position to win every game. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, Tuatara are first in the league for points per game with 92. And then on the defense, uh, you're second best, averaging just 70.8 points against. Uh, so when you look at the defense, who's been a key contributor for you there? Yeah, I think it's, you know, with, with CJ and Rob, they, they have the ability to, to pressure, but also, you know, protect the rim. So that gives us, that gives the guards on the perimeter a lot more freedom to be aggressive and knowing that they have those those rim protectors behind them they can they can apply a lot more pressure on the ball they can get a lot you know be a lot more active try and get some more deflections knowing that if they do get beat those guys behind them got their backs 
<laughs> I, I mean, you've mentioned both uh, Roblo and, and CJ. They're both in the conversation early for MVP in the season. You must be pretty pleased that you get to coach them rather than uh, trying to figure out how to coach against them. Yeah, no, for sure. They're, they're great, great people. Um, you know, they're high character guys. And, yeah, I'm honestly glad that they're on our team. I think, you know, I've competed against Rob. I've, you know, I've been on the same team as Rob. He, he just brings that winning mindset and he just, he's just very high IQ, knows the game at a really elite level. So, you know, anything that we try and execute, he goes out there and gets it, you know, gets it done. So it gives me a lot of confidence as a coach. And it's like having, you know, CJ and Rob. When they're out there, it's like having two coaches out there, two assistant coaches out there. They relay their messages onto the guys really well, and you know any message that we're trying to trying to get across, um, it's it's crystal clear with the group when, when we're on court. I we know that Rob Lowe he had a difficult difficult season with the the uh, New Zealand Breakers. Would you say he's back to enjoying his basketball again? Oh, absolutely. You know he he's got a smile on his on his face every day when he comes in. Um, you know it's just good for him to. to to kind of showcase what he can do. And, you know, I think that was a little bit hinged with the breakers for, for a number of reasons. But, you know, when I knew when he was coming in that we could provide a platform and an opportunity for him to kind of get back some confidence and, and obviously some, some game reps and ultimately just kind of, you know, finish, finish, you know, what he, his kind of his career the right way. And I think, you know, he's still got a long way to go. But I think this is a great opportunity for him to just kind of get back on track and, and just keep on performing at a high level. It was both uh, Lowe and CJ have notched up. This is an impressive double doubles in each of the four games this season. When you look at Chris uh, around the boards, what makes him such an imposing presence there to be the league's leading rebounder as well? He's got great timing. Um, he has the ability to contest shots, but then also rebound. So he doesn't put himself out of position by, you know, going vertical and, and blocking shots to just kind of give up on the play. He has, you know, great second second chance effort. Um, and then, like I said, you know, if Rob is doing a good sandwiching, you know, guys underneath, then CJ's length is just, you know, it's just a tough it's a tough cover for the offense to try and, you know, try and get an extra possession. So, you know, they complement each other really well, but CJ's length is just unmatched, really. Now, you had uh, import guard Silas Schneider. He landed, uh, I believe, just coming into the last round fresh from Denmark. How's he settling in with the Tuatara? Yeah, he's coming off a really good season. He's um, They got knocked out in the semifinals. Uh, that game went five games. So he's coming in game, game shape, game ready, and coming off a, you know, a really intense playoff series, which he performed really well. So I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see, you know, him, you know, just kick hit the ground running from, you know, his previous experience with Denmark and, you know, come in. He's, like I said, he's, he's ready. Um, his body's in great shape. He's in conditioning. He's obviously had more than a week off, you know, with just the, the, the flights and, and the travel and all that stuff. But um, I'm looking forward to him stepping up tonight and, you know, just seeing how he fits in with our group. And, you know, you've got a, an exciting bunch of players on this, on this team, one being uh, Dante Russo-Nance. You know, he picked up that award for the Male Junior Player of the Year, this month's New Zealand Basketball Awards. In the three games so far, uh, he's been able to contribute, you know, at least twelve points to the team. Given that he's only seventeen years old, what do you think the ceiling is for his potential? Yeah, I mean, Dante is special. He has, you know, a unique way of, you know, feeling the game. He's extremely poised. Uh, he plays at his own pace. Um, he, he's just a real joy to coach. Um, he he always, he's very humble and and you know got a great uh, deal of humility about him 
Um, so with those with those kind of characteristics, you know, the ceiling is very high. You know, he still has a lot of work on um, you know, in terms of his body and, and just, you know, just making sure that he can, you know, withstand a full season without having any injuries. And that's, that was the case last year. His load was, was quite high. So right now we're just focusing on his body. And if, if he can get that right, man, he, he's, you know, the, the world is his. Um, he, he can go as far as he wants to. Is Dante available for tonight's game? He is. Yep. Yep. He's, he's ready to go. He had um, a school service that he had to attend and he was a, presented a special award last game. So he was, you know, unfortunately he wasn't able to do that. But, you know, some things take precedence over, over games and that was one of them. And, and he did a great job of, come, you know, acknowledging that award. And then now he'll be back and he'll be hungry to, to get back into it with the group. Nice. Uh, we're speaking with Aaron Young, head coach of the Auckland Tuatara basketball team. Uh, I've been looking at some of the stats uh, around the league in terms of three throw uh, shooting. Uh, while some teams have been struggling from the charity stripe, uh, you're currently Tuatara are currently third best uh, in the league with seventy three point eight percent. But given uh, how crucial those points can be towards the dying minutes of a game, do your players spend much time working on improving their mechanics around that and finding ways to up those percentages? Yeah, no, we we include it in most of our sessions. We we try and play some different, you know, free throw games to, to try and put a little bit more pressure on them. It's it's easy to kind of shoot fifty to hundred free throws on your own, but it's obviously the game pressure that that obviously makes it a lot more difficult to to go up there and, and knock them in. So, you know, we just come up with fun ways to kind of, you know, up the ante and, and really try and get them to, to lock in. Um, but obviously, it's a huge part of what we do. Um, you know, free throws, like you said, win win and loses games. Uh, you see it across the board, NBA, Europe. It's just it's, so, it's such an important piece. I feel like we can get to the line more, and that's been a big message of mine to, to the group. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to see us get you know twenty twenty five free throws a game, and that way puts the pressure on the rest, and it's just a good sign of us being aggressive. Uh, you're up against the Hawks Bay Hawks uh, tonight. They're coming off that ninety four eighty loss to the Otago Nuggets last weekend. Uh, it, to me, it feels like it could be quite a tough battle around the glass when you've got the league's top three rebounders all in this. How do you prepare for what could be a potentially physical uh, affair? Yeah, I think you know the Hawks. You know they obviously had a, a tough loss, a uh, close loss in, in the the Nuggets game. But I think you know you see what they did with, in Southland against the Sharks. They've got the firepower. Um, they've got the experience. You know, a lot of those guys have played, you know, five plus years in the NBL. So it's, it's a great matchup for us. You know, we're excited. Um, it's probably going to be one of, like you said, one of the more physical games that we've had to come up against. But um, we're up to the challenge. I know our guys are, are ready. Um, and you know, coming off, of, you know, a big win in Wellington, I think we're, you know, we're just excited for, you know, what, what's on offer. Uh, Ethan Rusbatch is a bit of a weapon for the Hawks. He's definitely not afraid to drive towards the hoop to create his uh, chances. How do you defend against a player like that while also trying to stay out of foul trouble? Yeah, just being disciplined on where, knowing where he's at. You know, they have you know a few non-shooters on the team, so you know we can't get you know locked into the ball and kind of come off him and just give him that airspace that you know he's accustomed to just knocking. You know, not knocking you in at a high percentage. So it's just being you know just knowing where he's at. Uh, taking away his rhythm catches and just being physical with him. You know, I think if we can do that, we're putting ourselves in a good position to, to kind of limit his touches. And after tonight's game, uh, the Tour Tower don't play again until uh, May 28 when you play the Franklin Bulls. What do those next 10 days look like for the team? Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of time off, a few days off here, but it's a great opportunity for us to, to get some trainings in. Like, obviously, we're, we're introducing guys to the group with Tyler. Um, you know, we've only had three or four trainings with Rob and CJ. 
We've been playing a lot um, so, and a lot of travel. So uh, there'll be a lot of, you know, fine-tuning, you know, who we are as a group, which is, which is always good, at, you know, in the, kind of the quarter way of the season. We've still got Dan Potu to come, so we'll kind of introduce him into the group and get him up to speed. So, you know, a bit, a bit of a balance of, you know, rest and recovery and, you know, it's just some family time and then also, you know, getting back to work and just getting ready for a huge game against the Bulls on the 28th. Awesome. Exciting times for the Auckland Tour, Tara. Aaron, thanks so much for your time talking to us on uh, SCNZ Mornings. Go well. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. 10.22, uh, Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side. Proudly bringing you mornings with us. Smithy McIver in here at the moment, and it's time to go to the panel. Two of my good friends, Andrew Gordy. Good morning. Morning, Mac. How are you? I'm good. And my old mate over there living it up large in the bay, Sam Ackerman. Very good morning to you both. Oh, okay. So you, you you do the both thing, rather. I'm talking directly to you. you don't yeah, say well, hello, I, I, you see, uh, see, you hadn't introduced, you hadn't introduced me to Andrew, so he couldn't say hi to me, and I'm just being polite and saying hi to both of you. It's called manners, Stephen. I'll, I'll send you a cat. Mate, Gordy, he's, he sounds like he's, he's he sounds like he's ready for middle management already, right? Uh, let's okay. Hello, lads. Uh, let's. There's lots to talk about. What was that? Maybe we'll cut out the middleman. Maybe Sam and I should just have a chat. What do you reckon? Well, since I have COVID and I'm sitting at home trying to do this show, um, yeah, fine, fire away. Let's start with the PGA Championship. No Phil Mickelson. uh, Not going to defend his championship on the back, probably, of all his dealings with the Saudi group. Uh, What do you make of this? Gordy, you can go first. Uh, what do I make of it? I'm kind of pleased that he's not there. I think anyone who's involved in this uh, or, or pushing for this uh, rebel tour, I suppose. I think the PGA Tour is right to take a hard line on it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to miss Phil Mickelson. If, if that's his attitude and if that's, if that's where, especially after everything that this tour, I suppose, has given him over the years, the PGA Tour I'm talking about, you know, this yeah. is, a, this is one, of the, one of the greats of the tour, multiple major winner. Um, and now he's looking to turn his back on it. Uh, it doesn't feel right to me, so I'm certainly not going to miss the defending champion, put it that way. Yeah. Sammy? I am. I thought it would have been great drama for him to be there, um, and it would have been a re- really interesting week in that front. But I also think that um, Phil Mickelson, I, you know, and he's gone through, uh, you know, and come through a lot in his golfing career. I actually don't think he'd be mentally, mentally strong enough to handle this week. As the uh, pressure will come on every in every which way, he had to bite his tongue, which he's proven he's not great at doing uh, over the last little while. Much like me, he's become a grumpy old man who's ready to fire from the hip. Uh, but he's, uh, I, I love the dig from Tiger about, for me, it's, you know, golf is about legacy. Everyone can have their own opinions. He says he hasn't reached out to uh, Phil Mickelson. And remember, these guys had some profitable uh, one-on-one games when Tiger was in his uh, throes of of the comeback and not quite at tournament golf level to try to make some money off uh, their uh, their rivalry. He says he hasn't reached out because uh, for him it's about legacy. It's about how you uh, rank with the best in the game, not uh, how much money you can make along the way. So some very subtle digs along the way, uh, and I don't think that the Stoush is anywhere near from finishing. Um, <clears throat> do you think we've seen the best of Tiger? Yes. I don't think we'll see better than what we've seen of Tiger. Um, and I, I think that he will um, be 
capable of being competitive again, and I, I wouldn't rule out. I'd never say that someone like Tiger Woods could never win another major or, or uh, anything like that, but I think that we won't be saying uh, anywhere down the line that uh, we are now watching the peak of Tiger Woods. You know, Gordy, when you think about it, you know, <clears throat> and the PGA know that when Tigers play, their ratings go through the roof, but it does tell a lot about the lack of personality on the tour when there's no when he's not around, eh? Oh, absolutely, without question. And I mean, we love it, don't we? It's great for great for people like us who have, I suppose, grown up and yeah. watched Tiger Woods go from winning his first major right through right through to now. We've been through his journey, I suppose. Um, but anyone who's new to the sport, I wonder if they feel the same way about Tiger Woods, whether they actually would like to see uh, one or a number of the, the younger players on tour. And some of them have really started to emerge in recent years, you would have to say. But he is still the draw card, isn't he? People still want to see Tiger Woods. Um, and to touch on your point before, we've absolutely seen the best of him. I mean, he is, he is really hold, tr- struggling to hold it together now. Um, but just simply seeing him out there is, is inspiring on one hand and it attracts a massive audience that the PGA Tour could only dream of another player being able to replicate that in the future. And I don't think we'll see anyone else uh, produce no. the sort of pulling power that Tiger Woods does and has. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're on the money too. And when you think that uh, the best they PGA Tour can muscle up is uh, a bit of a, a Barney with Deschambeau or someone else, you know, the, the, uh, is it Deschambeau and Spieth going at each other all the time? Is it, is it those two that are always going at each other? Yeah, I think Shambo so. And, uh, who Brooks cares? Yeah, it's they've got they've got um, little beefs going, and it's a, a, and like Gordy's saying about having that next wave kind of come through there. I'm sure there are people who are frustrated that Tiger comes and takes the spotlight. Well, it's it's up to the others to do so. I mean, Tiger wasn't handed it on a silver platter. He captured the imagination and, and grabbed it. It's up to this next generation. And there's been years and years for people to grab um, the imagination, be that headliner. Um, we thought for a little while, while maybe Rory McIlroy could, but it wasn't, wasn't up to that uh, level. No, but no one is going to be up to Tiger's level. We need to make sure we don't judge uh, the golfers to that because it's like the, uh, the boxers and um, either Tyson or Ali. It, it doesn't work. Uh, good, good, good group on the first two days: Tiger, uh, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. The review into Cycling New Zealand. I said earlier on today, Gordy, that I, I just I couldn't stomach an apology from the chairman of Cycling New Zealand saying, "I'm sorry, we're sorry." When a life has been lost, how many times do we have to go through this? I, I struggle big time with this. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you talk on one hand about cycling. I, I for me, I'm. I'm looking squarely at high-performance sport in New Zealand here and the government. You know, cycling has had two reviews, but sport in this country has had... I mean, I've lost count. I'm sure you have too, and and I'm sure all your listeners have as well. Across the the myriad sports that have been subjected to reviews in recent years, you know, we've had rugby, football, hockey, you name it. The common thread of all of them is high-performance sport in New Zealand, and that's where the accountability lies. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I was stunned with... Raylan Castle's um, her, her demeanour the other day fronting that press conference. She was so she was abrasive. She was defensive. Uh, she wasn't really prepared to admit any failings on on high performance sport New Zealand's part. And I think that's a mistake personally, and that needs to be subjected to to more more criticism. I think, and and even some of the 
some of the findings of this review, you know, one in particular that really stood out for me was this, this claim that within cycling there's a culture of shoulder tapping and jobs for mates. Well, I'll tell you what, you take a look through the, uh, the hirings at uh, High Performance Sport <laughs> New Zealand in, re- in recent years. My goodness. I mean, where, where do you start? I mean, Steve Chu for one, Kate Sexton for another. Kate Sexton, that, that appointment is, really needs to come under, under the microscope personally. Uh, Kate Se- I don't know if you, your listeners will know about this, but Kate Sexton is the former head of women's rugby at New Zealand Rugby. Now, she left her role earlier this year. That was shortly before the Black Ferns environment, of course, the, the one that she oversaw ultimately, uh, was the subject of a review which identified a, a, a series of issues, but one of them including, and I quote, health and well-being gaps in the environment for players and management. Now, how on earth is she then appointed as the well-being and engagement lead at High Performance Sport New Zealand? That absolutely needs, needs explaining. And what sort of message does that send to athletes out there? That someone like her, who has as recently as this year been well and truly implicated in a review that has highlighted massive shortcomings in health and well-being. Uh, and, and there's others. I, I could go on. Andrew Matheson as well. He oversaw the cycling environment. He's employed by High Performance Sport New Zealand now. I mean, if that's not jobs for mates, I don't know what is. No, it's it's a little cabal. Uh, hold your hold your fire on that one, Sam. We'll take a wee break and come back, and you can have you can fire your your bullets after that one. It's ten thirty. Big talk, big opinions. The panel. Ten thirty-two with Stephen McIver, Andrew Gordy, and Sam Ackerman. Sam uh, Gordy was very strong before the news break about the review into cycling New Zealand. What are your thoughts? You know, I spent about 15 years sitting within uh, earshot of, uh, of Andrew Gordy, and uh, I, uh, I can honestly say I have missed uh, those passionate outbursts um, that sometimes come unprovoked, uh, but he is uh, a, man who, a man who knows the stuff. I, I've, it's almost enough to get me to drive three hours up uh, to Auckland and spend two hours uh, for the final 500 metres to get to where he is. But uh, I, I'm absolutely of the opinion that uh, there needs to be a high level of accountability. And by accountability, I mean holding people to it. Now, there's accountability right now, right? They're saying, we're owning this, we're going to do these things, we're going to change these things. We've seen this through the countless reviews that Andrew was talking about. What I think needs to become part of anything that is, uh, especially uh, through high-performance sport in New Zealand, uh, through anything taxpayer-funded or anything that comes through uh, government support, there needs to be... Uh, a review of the review, a year's time, six months' time, whatever it is, where they had to come forward and publicly show what has changed, do another review to show what has changed along the way. Where we were for 2018 for Cycling New Zealand to now, there was a big you know, hoopla made about we're going to change all this. Now, what happened after that? Where was the accountability to make sure that the things that needed to change in the wider sense, not just the specific sense, uh, were there. So I, I think that there needs to be a new outlook of understanding that when these things are reviewed, whether it's because positive, negative or otherwise, there's legitimate follow-up, public accountability where you have to say, we are now, that we've done a survey within our ranks and here is what it says. We actually haven't done the job we said we would or we have because here is the evidence that shows it or here is the results that uh, prove it's the case. With XYZ, people get uh, more uh, mental health support we saw, whatever it was. To me, these things become, they go into the ether and then the ranks close again. That's my yeah. No, no, completely. And speaking of the funding, it is budget day today, lads, just to let you know. There is more money apparently going into mental health. I'm sure Mike King would have a a big say about that one. Now, Tuesday, 14th of June, Qatar, New Zealand, Costa Rica, 2022 FIFA World Cup Intercontinental Playoff. Danny Hay, who I have big raps on, Andrew, and I hope you agree with me on this one, uh, has named his squad of 26. It sees the return of Marco Rojas. Has he got a side to take us to the Cup? Yeah, I think he has, 
Mac. Um, look, I'm pleased to see that Marco's back. Uh, Marco is, is just such a talented player, and he's too good, frankly, not to be a part of this all-white side. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I know that there is, uh, well, I've certainly heard a few sort of rumours and suggestions about why perhaps he hasn't, uh, hasn't been in Danny Hayes' squads, but uh, obviously this season he has managed to convince Danny that uh, he's, he's a positive person to have around the squad and he's, and he's up to the mark. Um, and he's, and he's going to, I would like to think, at least play a meaningful part. I, I would like to think that he's not just going there to make up the numbers, that he can, uh, he can perhaps even get on the field or, or at the very least his experience will come in handy for something like this. So perhaps, though, more the reason why I think they can get to the cup is it's a very unique situation they face this time around because of COVID. Uh, this is not a two-legged intercontinental player, and that has always been the massive, massive advantage for whether, whether we're playing against a team from Asia, South America, Central America, they always manage to produce a, a, an intimidating atmosphere in front of a hungry crowd, a, a, a footballing crowd. Um, and I think we've, we've always seen that, really, haven't we? we? We saw it against Mexico. We saw it against Peru. And you would, like, you would think that if this was a, a normal situation, a two-legged playoff, that absolutely the All-Whites would face a very intense atmosphere in Costa Rica. It's not going to be like that this time. You know, it's not 180 minutes of football, it's 90 minutes of football. Um, so a shorter, a shorter match, I suppose you could say, really does open up the, the opportunity for an upset. And, and let's be clear, it would be an upset. Costa Rica are a, are a very strong footballing nation. They will be expecting to beat New Zealand and advance to the World Cup. But with players that we have here. Michael Boxall, Winston Reid at the back. Uh, there is a strong spine, Chris Wood up the front. But these guys can, can produce. And they're not just going to hold out Costa Rica. They will go and they will aim to win this game. They'll aim to win it in the 90 minutes by scoring goals. Um, and I think they can do it. Um, it's, it would be an upset, like I say, that they can absolutely do it. It is a strong chance of getting to a World Cup. And I would say probably the strongest um, in eight years. A stronger chance, certainly, than when we face Mexico <coughs> and Peru as well. Excuse me with the coughing, lads. Uh, before I get to um, Sam, I want to ask you the importance of Ollie's sale. Could he be the talisman? Gordy, that was for you. Oh, oh beg your pardon, mate. Beg your pardon. Um, Ollie's sale, yeah, look, I mean, Ollie's sale's been in great form, hasn't he, for, for the Wellington Theatre? I still, I don't know, I still feel like Stefan Marinovic. Perhaps deserves to be the All Whites number one. It'll be really interesting to see actually over over the course of these build up games as well. And that's another point as well worth touching on. Uh, build up games to this to this playoff against Peru and I think one other still to be named. That's the sort of opposition they need to be facing. The the the, the standard of opposition they need to be meeting uh, ahead of a game like this. Um, and yeah, I mean just. Just to close off your point, I'm, I'm not really sure who I'd have my money on out of those two. But look, it's really it's a good thing for Danny Hay. You think back to when he had, you know, when the All Whites had Mark Paston and, and Glenn Moss. That was that was two players genuinely competing for a position. Um, and obviously, when you think back to the World Cup, you know, it was only, it was only a, an administrative error really that that saw Mark Paston even play at the World Cup, and he, and he performed with complete distinction um, and perhaps that's the kind of competition we need in this all-white squad between Marinovic and Oli Sale and, and to be honest I think Danny Hay and I think most all-white fans would be comfortable whichever of those two ends up being in goal Sammy what do you make of this this uh, Costa Rican match? Does it, are you excited about it? 
<clears throat> like, Gordy's obviously uh, far more uh, uh, educated on this than I. My, my extent of uh, football knowledge at the moment is uh, assertively uh, maintaining the the offside line for the uh, for the Tonga City Orcas uh, in the uh, ninth grade. But besides, besides that, what I'm excited about is the All Whites having time in camp, like the, the long time in camp where they need to be, rather than uh, pulling them together quickly, whip them together for a couple of training sessions yeah. before they play a game here, then fly to the other side of the world into a press of heat, let alone oppressive crowds. I always thought that was setting the uh, setting them up for failure. It was a really difficult situation for them to overcome. Uh, so I, I love the idea of just being based in the place where they're going to play. It removes, I suppose, excuses, but it also removes any of the uh, the obstacles to allow them to perform at their peak. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I have a, a complete faith that the uh, All Whites are capable of doing it, but uh, we, it's, we can get really whipped up into the moment, and we've got to keep remembering that Costa Rica are not mugs. They are good footballing side, even I know that and they're going to uh, be a, a tough obstacle to climb, so I'm I'm excited for the All-White's chances, uh, and I know that uh, me and my young fella will be watching, but uh, I, I, um, I just yeah. I try not to count my chickens before it catches when it comes to World Cup. <laughs> nah, fair play. Uh, Gordy, I'm, I'm a big fan of Danny. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Danny, I, I like Danny, I think. Uh, I, I think one of the things I like about Danny is He's, he's been there, right? He's, he's been a player on the world stage. Now, I'm not for, for a second suggesting that being a good player makes you a, a good coach. Yeah. It, it doesn't. But I think Danny has, has been there and done that as a player. He's, he's, and, he's, and he's then worn the right path as a coach. You know, he's been through the ranks. He's, he's been an under-17 coach, and, and he's, he's bided his time, I suppose. He's, he's been around good people. He's, he's understood what good environments need to look like. Um, and I would like to think that, especially with people like Chris Wood and Winston Reid, Michael Boxall, these are all experienced pros, but they're good people as well. These are not egomaniacs, you know, and, and that's, that's sometimes, I think, where you can get a troubling environment, where you have senior players who, who really uh, dominate the environment through, through ego, um, and I don't think you get that with any of those players. So I, I, I would expect at the moment that, Danny and those senior players would be driving a fantastic culture. They've got very, very talented young players within that squad. I mean, we could we could sit here all day and, and talk about them all. I mean, it's unfortunate that they're not going to have Safarit Singh and Ryan Thomas, like especially Ryan. I just hold that guy in the highest regard. It's been such a shame, um, the sort of injury problems that he has had. But they have some seriously talented young players who are playing in the right sort of competitions um, they're playing a completely different style of football now. And, yeah, I think, um, you know, don't get me wrong, they're, they're not going to go and win a World Cup or anything like that. And, and like Sam says, I, I'm certainly not expecting that they will, they will beat Costa Rica and, and get to the World Cup, but I, but I think we can be more than hopeful. All right, just briefly, I say, I say briefly because Gordy's gone on about the footy, uh, Sam, about, about fair play too because he's been on fire this morning. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors, the Warriors, mud or not? Uh, not mud, but um, I wouldn't say that, uh, that they're doing great at the moment. Um, then I, I, I give the Warriors credit for the fact that they came back uh, the way they did against South because we saw against uh, teams like the uh, the uh, so the uh, the um, Storm previously that uh, they can get themselves uh, in a bad deep hole and find their, uh, find it tough to get out. They didn't need to push all the way back, but they did. 
uh, and while while you can question whether you know South went off the boil, whatever, they still made that happen. The schoolboy stuff in the first half is exhausting to watch, uh, and I've always defended the Warriors as taking you on an emotional roller coaster. I've always said it's like watching Game of Thrones compared to watching Seinfeld. You know, you never know what's going to happen as your fa- <laughs> your favourite character can get killed off. It's it's intense, right? You don't you don't just sit on your hands with the Warriors game. You feel emotion, whether that is frustration or joy, whatever it is, you get something out of it. I, I I'm not expecting big things out of the Warriors this year. Uh, I don't think that this is uh, quote unquote anyone's year. I think it's a team uh, that uh, has to really put the grind in to achieve anything. Uh, it, they're only a couple of wins away from uh, being in the top four. They're also only a couple of losses away from being the wooden spoon. So they're they're right in the middle. They're right in the middle, and everything goes whichever way they want. They are the masters of their destiny, and they can play well enough to get wins. They just have to stay uh, stay intense in games, and they're not doing great at that. Okay, Sammy, this is a quick yes or no question. I'm running out of time. Time for a coach change? No, not yet. Good ride out of season. No. All right. Gordy, Sam, pleasure as always talking to you, lads. Take it easy. Have a lovely Wednesday. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Stephen. Take care, mate. Yeah, you're a good boys. It's, uh, what time is it? 10.44. Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 10.49 on a Wednesday round Aotearoa, New Zealand with Stephen McIver. 0800 150811 or the temper bedpost text line is 8833. Uh, coming your way after 11 o'clock, Chuck. My good friend Daryl Halligan, former Bulldog great, won a grand final with the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs are in a mess. Trent Barrett's gone, Brett Naden's gone to the Tigers mid-season, high-performance coach is gone, uh, their uh, consultant Steve Hansen has criticised them and said they shouldn't have let Trent Barrett go. We'll find out what Chook's take on, his, on, on that after 11 o'clock. But uh, just a reminder too, you can tune into SENZ every Sunday from 11 to midday for uh, Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed, hosted by Mark Rosanowski and Annie McCook. Don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. Keep it right here on SENZ. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. 10.55, time to talk to Louis Herman Watt, who's now changing seats. You got, you got itchy, itchy pants today, Louis. What's going on? Yeah, whatever yeah. I've got, you need. <laughs> Mate, I, I, need, I, need, I need something bad. This COVID has knocked me for a six to 24 hours. No, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, well, I, I, I actually sweated out this, uh, the, the fever last night. Why are you laughing? You guys are laughing at me. I can see you laughing. You're taking the pee out of me, aren't you? Who, me? Anyway, get... Okay, just get on with it. What, what do you got for us? <laughs> I'd never. Race two at Cambridge Synthetic. How about I get you a couple of winners? That'll perk things up. Um, <laughs> I'm actually feeling pretty good about today at the Cambridge Synthetic, which is just the stupidest thing to say out loud. Well, I bet you I'll get bitten. It's not an easy place to punt on the synthetic tracks. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I reckon wow. we've, we've, we've watched the trials yesterday. I actually had a good peruse, and I found a couple in particular that I really like. Race two, Cambridge Synthetic, far and away. Tipped it out this morning at $2. It's been crushed to $1.60 with a couple of scratchings, but that's okay. Sam Weatherly goes on. Uh, Sapita Valor colours. 
beautiful. We know what these colours can do. Trialled up superbly. Jumps from barrier three. I think it leads and wins. And then I'll move you to race six at the Cambridge Synthetic today. So it's M2 Cambridge Synthetic race six. And look, I, I thought this race was actually a nice little race. It's quite funny. You don't often see 970 metre races or any races underneath the kilometre mark. So this is for the very fast horses that might not be able to sustain it over much different distance. And you want a horse that's drawn well. You want a horse that's got barrier speed. And we've found one with fiscal fun. It's trialled up beautifully in preparation for this out of the Stephen Marsh barn. And I think fiscal fun can do the job. So race six, number nine, fiscal fun. There's a couple for you, Stephen. Hey, hey, are you going on about this thing called Koshu this morning? Yeah, right? well picked up. Love it. Yeah, Koshu. Yeah. So, um, is that racing today or somewhere else? No, nah, yeah, it's at Kensington over in uh, Sydney over there. So, okay. uh, Koshu is into two dollars now after we tipped it out. I wasn't won't be surprised <laughs> if this thing starts at a dollar eighty or so. It's the Trelawney colours. So, great Kiwis. Uh, yep. Green jacket, red sleeves, red, red cap, out of, um, or by Satono Aladdin, out of Sarah, and just trialled up like a rocket ship. James McDonald on board, Koshu. Just multi them together. Fiscal All fun, right. Koshu, and far and away. Have a fill up. <clears throat> thanks, thanks, Louis. Appreciate that, man. Love racing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, and more. Uh, time to go to the TAB, right? Hello, Pip. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Uh, average, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you got for us? I've plenty to look forward to, including the Enhanced Golf Bonus back. So this is a place, a pre-tournament outright winner on the PGA Championship. And if your player doesn't win but finishes top 20, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. There's been $400 on Scotty Shuffler to run top five at three thirty. Three dollars $300 on Cam Smith, outright winner at $22. Oh, wow, you're the Aussie boy, right? Yep, so someone willing to take that. Best fact as far in the outright winner market has been Ryan Fox, though, uh, closely by Cam Smith, Jordan Spice, Scotty Shelfer, McElroy, and then Justin Thomas and John Ram. So they're all up there with the uh, top outright winners. And then, of course, for the basketball side of things today, there's been $5,000 on the Boston wire-to-wire at 420. $2,000 on total points under 200.5 at 217 and $2,000 on total points over 206.6 at 208. And 53% of the bets, Stephen, are head-to-head on the Celtics with the most popular power play being all 10 starters scored 10 or more points at $41. <clears throat> okay. That was a lot of numbers to talk about, but I can tell you one thing. I, I actually think it's quite cool that the Celtics are uh, in the finals because that's, that's an old school team. Pip, as always, thanks for your time, mate. All right, so that's the TAB. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. And please gamble responsibly, R18. All righty, stick around. Coming your way after 11 o'clock, Daryl Halligan. We talk the saga that is the Bulldogs here on SNZ. To behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1103 on a Wednesday morning nation ride around New Zealand with Stephen McIver. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. The biggest story in rugby league over the past 72 hours has been Trent Barrett. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming. Pulled the pin after another loss against the Newcastle Knights in the Magic Round. Two and four. They're at the bottom of the table. They'd bought what many people thought was pretty well in the off-season, but it hasn't transpired into results. One man that won a championship with the Dogs when they were the Dogs of War, when they were tough, was my good mate Daryl Halligan. Hey, Chucky, how are you, bud? Hey, how are you, my friend? Stephen MacGyver. You want to guess where I'm sitting, mate? I am uh, at Manly Beach in the uh, World Surf uh, Series is here, and I'm about to watch Billy Stearmond uh, in his heat. Maybe it's in an hour or so, and it's a beautiful day here, water about 20 degrees. So, um, yeah, should we talk surfing, or do you really want to talk about the Bulldogs? And I know wow. it is well, a hot th- topic, but, thanks, uh, yeah, so there's a couple other Kiwis here, too, uh, a couple other Kiwis, uh, Kehu Kehu's here as well, and Paige will surf a little bit later in the in the women's as well. So it's uh, quite a Kiwi atmosphere down here, Manly Beach today. Oh well, thanks for rubbing that in my face. I'm sitting at home wrapped up with COVID. How about that? I heard that, and uh, and for all people with COVID, I know you shouldn't like, take take the Mickey, but I, I you wouldn't travel well with COVID, my friend. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you are you'll right. You'll be having the shakes. You'll be having everything. I did last night, mate. I had the shakes last night, but I sweated it out. So, okay. Okay, I feel sorry. Let's feel sorry for me now. All righty. Uh, Trent Barrett, did you see this coming? I mean, they always say in the, in the papers, as Costa used to say, would say, paper talk, if the writing was on the wall. Was it? Um, yeah, probably yes is the answer. Um, and, you know, Phil Gould, uh, when he first came in, he wasn't going to make any immediate changes. He wanted to see the lay of the land and, and see how they were operating. But... Um, I guess at the end of the day, if you um, if you travel in the bottom half of the competition, and if you also travel in the bottom four of the competition in the NRL, then then nobody's safe. So, the the sad part about it, um, Stephen, is that um, I won't name names, but uh, and I'm actually going to Billmore in about an hour or so. We've got some kicking to do over there. Um, but a couple of the players and the well-respected players at Canterbury, and guys that have been there a long time, they tell me that Trent is the best coach that they've ever had. Um, so when you put that together, and he comes with you know really good attacking credentials, he's you know been at the uh, Penrith Panthers and whatnot, and of course it didn't quite work out from at Manly. But I just wonder if the recruitment is is more the key with the, the bottom teams of the competition. You know, if you haven't got the talent that the top teams have, then are you actually going to travel well in the competition? No, well, is my answer. Did, what did, so what I, did you, I think he can coach, and he's a good fella. Yeah, well, well, Steve Hansen, who I think is is he still uh, on their on their 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 uh, pay as a performance sort of coach? Oh, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know where that would have all got to. I mean, he was uh, Trent Borderman before Phil Gould took over, and and uh, he, he may and well um, might be. Um, and those people are fantastic to to bounce ideas off and. And Phil Guild has a lot of people around him that he talks to as well. He just doesn't come and wave the stick and then, then move forward. You know what I mean? So, um, But the club's in a better place with Phil Guild uh, in charge. Wow. He, has a real current, he has a real currency in this game. Um, you know, he, he's powerful at the right levels. Um, you know, he's, he sort of has phone numbers and, and what have you, people he speaks to, even, even like Philandis and what have you about the game and where it's structured. 
And you've got to remember, I mean, in this city in Sydney here, there's so many teams that are dog and dog. So um, Canterbury's in a better place for having Phil Gould involved, in my opinion. Does it upset you to see a team that has a proud history of which you were a part of uh, be at this place in the moment? Watching Braithen Astor on NRL 360, he said the one thing about being at the Dogs, and this was your era, I'm pretty sure, was that you would go in there and there was you know, no backward step. You would play as hard as you did in the first five minutes as you did in the last five minutes. And you, know, you had Billy Johnson beating the crap out of you. But it was a real no-nonsense environment. Oh, they always had tough trainers. Um, and, you know, there was a trainer before Billy Johnson called Gary Carden, who was equally as tough as um, Billy was. Um, and, yeah, so not too many Canterbury teams got beaten in the last 15, 20 minutes of a match. Um, so they were fit. Um, uh, would you say the, the current mob of the Bulldogs, uh, where their fitness is at? I'm not too, too sure. There's that much technical detail these days that tell you, you know, what their heart rates are doing and what their speed is at this particular time over this and that. So, it, And the game has changed. Um, but, yes, toughness was one it had to be in your DNA to, uh, to play for Canterbury. Or put it this way, the majority of the players had to have that in them. We could have a couple of entertainers as well that might not be quite so, so tough. But, uh, yeah, so that, that, that was a char- uh, Canterbury characteristic, and, and, and it still should be. Um, and there's tough people there. Um, but they're in, a, they're in a world of pain at the moment, so they play the Tigers on Friday night. Um, I think in terms of their football, they struggled a little bit um, this year in terms of the halfback role. They had Cole Flanagan in and out of the side. They banked on a young kid called Jake Avarillo over the last couple of years to come through. He played a few games last year. He's sort of a centre um, winger, good speed, a good runner of the football, but they haven't really cemented that... Um, Halfback role, uh, Brandon Wakem sort of been in the mix as well, and now they've gone back to Kyle. Of course, they bought Matt Burton, who's a fantastic player, but you know some people say he's a five-eight, some people say he's a centre. So there's still you know a lot of work to be done in terms of those key positions in, in the team. Dusty's been in and out of form at the back, um, and the players I'm talking about all belong in the spine. So um, if the spine of your team is um, unsettled, shall we say, to be nice. Um, then, boy, oh boy, it makes it difficult to, to play at, at, at top level in the NRL. Are you surprised they let Brett Naden go? Yeah, that was a surprise to me because um, I, I love his energy. He's actually a real buoyant sort of guy. Um, I, a bit of transitional now for, for Brent. I, I don't know the rationale behind it. Um, but every time I go to training, he rocks over and it's a bit of a race between the Fox and himself to come over and give you a high five and tell you a story or a joke or something. And he, he travels with really, really good energy. Um, so, yeah, I am surprised. Um, but uh, And he'll rock up uh, this week against the Tigers, or at the Tigers, and play against the Bulldogs. So, but look, what Cody Nicarima did last week, he'll leave the Warriors, go to South and play against his club uh, in a few days' time. So, uh, yeah, different uh, experience for people, I guess. We there'll be a lot of player about... movement in the next, there'll be a lot of player movement in the next month, Stephen, um, as clubs sort of reshuffle their their rosters for next year. It's got to happen by the end of June. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the contracts, particularly with like the Tavita Pangai Jr. and the rumblings about Matt Burton as well. Is Shane Flanagan the sort of guy that would fit the the mould of a Bulldogs coach? Ah, Shane's name's always going to get um, tossed about, um, courtesy of his success, you know, and his, his time in the game. 
Um, I guess the, the real dilemma there is Kyle, his son, um, who I, I think, I don't know, don't quote me, I think he's up on contract this year. Um, so depending what happens with Kyle, uh, of course we've got the Cleary situation at, at Penrith, um, but with Nathan, he's a, he's a given walk-up start in any team in the competition, and, and Kyle not. So that makes it a lot more difficult for the father-son uh, relationship in terms of the coaching world. So I think that would actually go against um, Shane. Um, so he is currently list manager, um, even though he does a bit of work with uh, Fox at uh, St George. Um, but yeah, and 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 I think he he's already expressed his desire as soon as he's allowed to by the NRL after a stand down period um, to be head coach again. So um, yeah, so that that will come whether it'll come at the docks. Um, I'm not too sure. Do you, well, have you got Paul Gould's is... number? You can give him a call. You want me to give you Gus's number? <laughs> Uh, the Warriors aren't doing much, are they? <laughs> uh, big, uh, big, big task for the Warriors now. Um, I don't want to put the um, sort of a downer on them or paint the doom, but in the last seven rounds, Stephen, of this year's competition, the Warriors will play the Melbourne Storm once. They will play Penrith twice. They'll play Parramatta, and they'll also play the Cowboys, who are currently... Uh, sitting in third position. So of their last seven games, they play five of those against the top three teams of the competition. So if you're thinking about banking points at the end of the year, they better start hitting some red-hot form pretty soon. What's going wrong? Um, I'll tell you what's going right. I love their front row. I can't um, speak highly enough of um, Adam... Matt Lodge and, and Bunty's having a ripper um, this year as well. Uh, I like um, the acquisition of Freddie Lussett. Um, Freddie Lussett had not played one game of rugby league so far this year before he fronted up and gave 50 minutes last week for the Warriors. Um, of course, his older brother has played a bit, but he's a Northern Beaches boy. Actually looks like a surfer, Freddie. Um, but, uh, he's sort of that, <laughs> Don't that, think you're all over that but, way. But he's, but, yeah, but he's tough, so... Um, and he'll be a good foil um, replacement. Um, he'll learn from Wade Egan. Um, Jazz has been going good, but uh, I, I sort of cast my shadows. I, I really need. We really needed some of the outside backs to um, to give a little bit more this year. Um, I think both in attack and defence. And I, um, yeah, so that's that, that's my cut on it. Is that I think we need more from our back five, um, with the exclu- excluding Reese Walsh, who was outstanding on the weekend. And then this week, when I look at the team, I love the fact that Tahu's back in with um, Ewan Aitken comes in this week too. And if we had Joshy Curran, um, who's been good um, in the early rounds this year, that would be my pick for the back row. And we would start to have the team we really play some football off the back of the front row, as we talked about earlier. So, um, yeah, I know we can always paint, and we've got to be realistic where the Warriors are. So, they are, you know, like I say, I think we need more out of our outside backs and... Um, Okay, they're young, but uh, sorry, that doesn't cut it in the NRL. You've got to get in and, and get the get the mahi done, get the work done, so get going. Um, and, uh, yeah, we move from there. Is it time for a coaching change? Uh, Brownie can coach. Brownie, um, uh, Trent Barrett, all these guys, they can coach. Um, you know, th- th- those decisions, um, some of the owners, you know, and, and that will make those calls um, and whether they're getting the best out of, out, out of their players. But, um, yeah, Brownie can coach, don't worry about that, as can Trent Barrett. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot, like I say, sometimes the winning and losing or or travelling well in this competition 
is actually about the talent and the haves and have-nots in various positions. Okay. Uh, what did you make of David Kittle going to be a defensive coach for the Argentina rugby team? <laughs> well, it's not the first time. We've got um, Anthony Seabold working with Eddie Jones up there w- with England, um, and they'll be back in Aussie shortly. Um, there's been quite a few. Jason Riles has been over in, the, in those positions. So the appeal of the uh, defensive positions for the rugby game, um, they, they love coming uh, to the league and, and getting the, the various techniques and then transitioning them over to, to rugby union and how they clamp and hold and wrestle and get back to their feet and end up on top and what have you. So probably get someone out of the MMA shortly to come over and do something <laughs> as well. But um, it's, a, it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good experience for, um, for Kitty as well. So um, he's travelling at a, at a club that's travelling well at the moment. And um, yeah, no. You always want to grow yourself, Stephen. So if you go and find out something new and a different code, and then you might be in a better position to bring it back and you might get a better job. Just make sure you're travelling in teams that are at the top of the comp, is what I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> so Argentina, oh, I don't know. don't know how they'll go at the World Cup. So, yeah. Hey, um, talk to me about uh, turning up at 2 o'clock in the morning to uh, Dan Carter's kickathon. Ah, that was awesome. So, yeah. so I sort of wished Dan good luck for it in the afternoon and, and said, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call in a couple of days. So we kept it a pretty much a surprise. So it was, it was pretty tough in terms of, well, not tough in terms of the travel. And New Zealand looked after us really well, mate. I sat up the front where you normally sit. So um, we um, we flew in. I only got in about uh, 10 o'clock that night. Um, and a mate of mine picked me up. Um, we went and um, had a couple of hours sleep. And then I bolted down to uh, Eden Park about 4 o'clock in the morning and, and did a couple of hours with him, kicked a couple of goals, gave him a smile, um, had a bit of a chat, um, and I uh, met a couple of other quite cool dudes as well. And then um, I had to jump on a plane and, and get to Brisbane and, and did the Warriors that afternoon. So when when you have a day or, uh, say, 48 hours like that, you actually really enjoy it, Stephen. And I know you do too, you know, I've worked and travelled with you before. And it's just fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of you're upbeat the whole time. You might catch a couple of hours sleep here. You, you'll catch up on it later. Um, and, you know, everyone's really, really buoyant. There's not too much of a downside to, to, to any of that, you know what I mean? And then I... I did the Warriors that um, that afternoon in Brisbane and, um, and and flew home that night in Sydney. So yeah, it was quite cool. More of oh, it, yeah, I look, say. Yeah, <laughs> Lucky well, if you, you can do it. There you go. Oh, uh, but, so by the way, I'm getting, suntan, I'm getting a suntan here watching these surfers as well. Remember, uh, manly, so, what, so what are you what are you drinking now? How's your COVID? <laughs> so, so, oh, thank you. What are you what are you, so what are you drinking now? You saw this short black sort of thing or what? Or is this Americano? I'm um, just a, a, just a long black coffee for this one. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't go on the milk too much, but anyway, maybe that's because I might uh, blow out. But um, yeah, no, just the coffee with occasional. Um, oh, sometimes I have a glass of red wine, Stephen. Sometimes. <coughs> just please tell me you're not sitting there in your budgies. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's my always good. She'd give me up, mate. I, I, I wouldn't have a wife if I sat here in budgies. If, and oh, if you've maybe seen she, the skinny maybe, body, maybe Linda really, would surprise really you and go, "Hey, that's all right." It's not, a, it's not a good body to have in budgies either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, go well and enjoy the footy this weekend, mate. Get in behind the Warriors, everyone. We need you. 
Thanks, Chucky. 0800 1508 11. That's 0800 1508 11. Uh, what's the time? It's 11.19. What we'll do is we'll go, well, we'll probably go around the world next. Will we, Logan? Just nod and say, yes, yes, we're going around the world right here on SENZ. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, it's time to go around the world here on SNZ Mornings with Stephen McIver and your producer Logan <laughs> I, here. I like well. your intro. Yes, it's time. <laughs> just, I'm Sorry. Just, I'm just building it up, mate. First one to go around the world, McIver. I think this one is going to be quite <laughs> interesting. You, you, did you ever ask me that you could call me McIver? Just McIver? Like, do Brian I have to go, sits there. Do I have to go Brian full shows name? me respect and calls me Stephen. And you just call me McIver as if it's like natural. Because it's a, it's a great last name. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, carry on. I'm just being a dick. Easy, mate. Easy. First <laughs> first one around the world. We just had Daryl Halligan on. Chuck talking about the Bulldogs. Anthony Mundine has uh, put his hand up to join the Bulldogs as a consultant after oh. Trent Barrett quit on Sunday. Please, uh, God, no. <laughs> Premiership winning mentors like Shane Flanagan and Paul Green have been mentioned as possible replacements at Balmore, but the former Dragons 5'8", Mundine, believes he too could lend a helping hand. Uh, one of the game's most dynamic playmakers in his prime before he turned to boxing told... Seven news. I know the game. I've been playing it since I was four. Obviously, used to play State of Origin and whatnot. Should have played for Australia, but that's another story. It's mindset. That's something I do bring. And when asked about the prospect of working under Bulldogs general manager of football, Phil Gould, Mundine added, I can get along with Gus. He's all good. I gave him nightmares in the 90s, but if he doesn't hold that against me, it's all good. Stephen McIver. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. Just see the McIver or Stephen. Come on, don't just do the double barrel now because I've had you on about it. Uh, I'm not so sure about Mundine. I mean, Mundine was a very good player uh, and even better boxer, actually. But I'm not so sure anymore because have you seen him do an interview lately? I think he's had too many punches to the head. He's going to end up with dribbling. Uh, the, I mean, he has really he has really slowed down. So, And I'm not being unkind. You just look at him go... Are uh, you really up to this sort of stuff? So my answer to that one would be a, a big fat no thanks. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Perhaps maybe he just needs to stick to, well, his son is a gun basketball player. Maybe he's just, you know, stick to hitting the courts with him. Uh, also in news, Tom Brady is going to feature in an upcoming Netflix roast special. He'll be in the hot seat this time around. Going to uh, roast Brady? Oh, yeah. The God, sen- how could you roast the goat? He's so clean. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the seven-time Super Bowl champion will be featured uh, first in a series of upcoming specials called The Greatest Roasts of All Time. A hyphen there being Groat. Brady is the executive producer of this series. Uh, it's set to be taped in 2023. Uh, this has come from the man himself. To quote my good friend Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I'm more interested in the fact that Fox are going to pay him $37.5 million a year to be their in-booth analyst uh, once he gets off, finishes playing, and goes into their live uh, NFL games. $375 million they're going to drop on him for a 10-year deal. And the question was raised, will it be worth it? 
Because will will the goat be able to say what an analyst has to say when you have to say things bad, right? Or and I and people are going, well, maybe he's just too nice. So that's a really, that's a really good thirty seven and a half million a year. It's not bad coin, eh? It's more than he's made in his career. Yeah, it's it's not bad, and it, I mean he's got some pretty big shoes to live up to. If you look at the likes of Tony Romo and what he's done as an analyst post NFL career, you know he's become very famous for the the way he breaks down the game very cleanly, very analytically, and almost like he predicts the future. So uh, he is a student of the game himself, Tom Brady. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah as, as long as he sort of works, I guess, on his on air persona, perhaps maybe it'll be great. But uh, one last thing, uh, this is. An interesting one here. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the uh, Canadian Prime Minister, is not very happy with Soccer Canada, who have been riding a wave of goodwill since the team qualified for the FIFA World Cup. Now, the issue stands with the fact that Canada wants to host Iran uh, in a friendly. Uh, of course, not in back in 2020... 55 Canadian citizens and 30 permanent residents were among the 176 people killed uh, when Ukraine International Air Flight's Flight 752 was shot down minutes after taking off from Tehran. The issue stands around, yeah, hosting it. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said it is a slap in the face. And in a statement, the the, uh, Association of Families of Flight PS752 Call for Canada Soccer to cancel the game immediately. They call that a friendly game. What kind of friendship do we have with Iran? Question mark. <laughs> That's a headline, right? <clears throat> wow. I'm not sure that was worth it, to be fair. I'm not having a crack at you. I mean, the fact is it's probably a really deaf response by Soccer Canada, right? They just haven't looked at things properly and gone, well, actually, this is not the right thing to do. And I think you're on the money there, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> because, but we've heard this stuff before, haven't we? This sort of stuff happens all the time. But, uh, oh, well. Anyway, that's uh, all our headlines around the world. Now it's your chance to be stumped by Stephen... And not Smithy today. Your chance to win a $50 TRB bonus bet and sleep drops. So get on the blower now. 0800-150811. That's 0800-150811. Time to go against me here on SENZ. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Ian Smith is top class at his job, but he is enjoying a nice uh, week off, a well-deserved break. And in the hot seat today is Stephen McIver. Not sure how you're feeling with your stumping chances, mate, but uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> wow, a good confidence booster from your Logan, Logan the producer. Not sure how you're going to go. <laughs> <coughs> Thanks very much. Wow, well, hey, mate, you've been battling all morning long, and we love you for it. Uh, <laughs> Up first at the crease, though, we have Gareth from Christchurch. Come in, mate. Yeah, guys, here you go. I'm yeah, good, do- Gareth. I'm doing well. McIver, you're, you're soldiering on as the trooper that you are. Up for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet plus some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive. Try New Zealand Sleep Drops for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read that label and take as directed. And uh, make sure you check out sleepdrops.co.nz. You know how the game works, Gareth. I'm going to give you your topics, and we'll see how you go. They are Formula One, the Stanley Cup, and the Warriors. Make it easy, Gareth. There we go. Okay, good boy. What was that? that. I was hoping you'd go Formula One, actually. No, the Warriors. All right. (laughs) 
We'll see if, if that's easy. Uh, McIver knows, knows his warriors, so potentially... Oh, would you stop with this? Um, you, the McIver's not going to stump anyone in line. It's so obvious, right from the get-go. Not sure how you're going to go, McIver. Just get on and ask the damn question. Come on. <laughs> All right, first question for you, Gareth. Jazz Devunga, he's set to make his 100th appearance for the Warriors this round. In what year did he make his NRL debut? Ooh. Three, maybe five. Years ago, uh, I'll say, oh, I reckon 2016. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. I always love a little bit of on-air mess, trying to figure things out as you go. Um, How the hell did you get that? Uh, I'm a bit of a warrior's tragic, I'd say fortunately, but it's sort of unfortunately, but you know, one day it'll be worthwhile, hopefully. Okay, what's his middle name, Smarty? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That doesn't come up on the fantasy app. That's how I know basically most of my rugby. <laughs> it's Yusefa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. Well, Just something for you as a tragic to you know, help you out. Just you know, next time you're having one of those, uh, you know, uh, pub quizzes. Oh, I love okay, that for you. to come up in a pub quiz. Hey, you learn something every day here on Stumped. Second question for you, Gareth. Which New South Wales Cup side did recent Warriors signings Freddie Lussick and Ronald Volkman play for? Oh, God. Oh. I know they came out of the, um, the Roosters set up, obviously, but I'm not sure what they're... Um... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I might have to have a stab. Um... <coughs> oh. I don't know, boys. I'm not sure. All right. Have a stab. Maybe have a stab. Have a stab. Maybe the beers, the North Sydney beers. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, oh. right in the slot, and away it goes. That's a good stab in the dark. Yes, it is the North Sydney beers. Oh, that, is it? Yeah, that was lucky. So, is it the North Sydney beers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were aligned with Newtown. Now, the North Sydney Bears, well, they're the feeder team for the uh, Sydney Roosters, and of course now they've made their way over here. Great additions to the club. Still alive, Gareth. You're doing well, man. Two for two. Uh, last question for you. Of course, the $50 TAB bonus bet still up for grabs and the Sleep Drops Daytime Revive. Nicknamed Mustard, how many total NRL games had Dejan Arce played for the North Queensland Cowboys before shifting over to the Warriors? Oof. Um, I know he's only been on the scene for a couple of years. Maybe oh, I think he only played maybe maybe ten games over a couple of seasons. So I'll say ten for the Cowboys. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. That's right. Yep, ten games, mate. Ten games for the Cowboys. Uh, McKay, I mean, he's won, but McIver, I got to know if he got that wrong, would you have a chance at stumping him there? No, because I was going to say six. Well, there you go. Uh, so, Gareth, you are just ridiculously good at the Warriors. So, before you go, because we've been there's been a bit of a Warriors theme uh, this morning because yep. I've been having a little bit of a moan. Uh, what do you make yep. of them so far? Are you, are you keeping the faith? Oh, mate, I'm frustrated as a long-time fan. I think um, I still believe I'm, I'm uh, 
optimist despite the circumstances, but I think they've got a bloody good four pack. I think if Lodge and Panua Blake and then you get Curran and Torhu Harris and Tavanga, if they can if they can build around that forward pack and get some go forward, um, you know, guys like Reese Walsh will prosper. So, you know, I hope they can get a bit of a string going over Origin. If they can, I still think there is a chance of making the eight, but that's um, probably best case scenario for this season. If they can make the finals, I'll be happy. Give you something to look forward to in the in the first week, and if they went a bit further, that'd be great. Who do you who do you prefer, Arcee or uh, Harris Savita? Uh, Harris Savita, <coughs> yeah. I, mean, I think really? he's a great young chap. Stick with him. Yep. He's tough. Wow, okay. Do they beat the Dragons this weekend? Yeah, I reckon they're going to go on a string of uh, two or three uh, over the next few weeks. So there's my big call. And and that uh, $50 bonus bet, just to let you guys know, I'm going to put that on for Noah Blake, first try scorer. So keep an eye out for that. That comes in. Happy times. Wow, actually, I, I suggested Fanua Blake shouldn't be the captain because he's not on the field all the time. Agree or disagree? Um, well, Tohu Harris, will, he'll be easing his way back into 80 minutes. Once he oh, comes yeah. back, I'm pretty sure he's the captain, isn't he? So he'll, um, yeah, he'll, he'll take all the, the minutes and take the captaincy. I think he's more of a leader. Have you uh, bought your tickets for the homecoming? No, I actually bought tickets. I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm in Christchurch, but I bought tickets to come to their homecoming last year just before our old... Um, COVID hit again, so we took the whole family up there and ended up <laughs> just going up there for a weekend without the Warriors, but um, no, I've got a couple of other things on the radar, so I won't be getting up, but I will at some stage. Well, Gareth, congratulations. You are a winner, and uh, too easy. Too easy stumping me this morning. Congratulations, pal. Cool. Thanks, guys. Cheers. That was way too easy. Way too easy. I, was, I, I didn't even have a chance to, to get in there. I mean, he was just so, so... I would never have guessed that Dejan RC 10 games. I'm, I'm putting money. He was sitting at home <clears throat> on his computer and having a look. I don't know. Way too, I don't, don't know. So? I, I think this is one of those times where being a Warriors tragic has actually paid off. And so good on you, Gareth. I mean, and the fact that you're going to put that $50 on uh, Aiden Fanua Black to be the first try scorer sounds very confident in his convictions, I might add. We'll, well see how he goes. <laughs> well, you know the one thing, Logan, about Warriors fans is if they are tragic. So it's not, well, we shouldn't call them tragics because basically they are fans, right? They've got a... Before COVID hit, they had, they had a really strong base of about eight to twelve thousand, right? And they they love their footy. I've done a couple of podcasts with the three Indian boys who just one's in Melbourne, three, four of them. One's in Melbourne, and three of them are here, and they just love the Warriors. They cannot they cannot see past them. One of them has even got Sean Johnson's socks. I said they don't exist, do they? He said, Yeah, I've got Sean Johnson's socks. I'm going, wow. I mean, there is stuff out there that you wouldn't believe. And, and I think as much as I have been cranky this morning about them, and I have been, and we know that, uh, the, they are, people are hanging out to be able to connect with the team again. They have had two years of disconnect. And I don't have a problem with them staying over there, right? I think that's just a wise move because... Some of the, they're going to have to come back, find housing, you know, accommodation, all that sort of stuff. Kids in school at the moment, so they've all they're settled. So let them be over there. I think the one thing I'd love to know, although the results wouldn't suggest that, is that whether playing in Australia for two years has hardened them somewhat. You know, because the one thing you want is to be playing on hard grounds. You get back to Mount Smart. <clears throat> that's a huge. That's a four-point game. There's four points straight with that crowd. So. It's going to be interesting, I, I, but I, I, as I've said all morning, I'm just not convinced with the coach, and I'm standing by it. There you go. It's 11.41. <laughs> 
Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Forty-seven on a Wednesday wouldn't be a funky Wednesday without the Bee Gees and staying alive. And that's what we are, staying alive onto the temper bedpost text line like no other temper and bedpost. Uh, Logan, what's happening on the text line? The, the Warriors are grinding people's bones? Uh, grinding their gears for sure. But before we get to that, nice one here from Jared just says... Oh, good morning, Stephen. Well done battling through this morning. Quite commendable considering how you must feel. No sicky day for you, but you're old school, question mark. Yeah, old school. Now the soft, soft stuff. Although I really would like to fall over right now. <laughs> yeah, look, it's fun. You're right. You know, I've, as I said to you earlier, I, I got rid of the, the fever last night, so I've bounced up. I'm still pretty shattered. I didn't actually think I'd. Uh, I thought I was going to miss this whole COVID thing, but bugger me, knock fever an absolute six last night. So we'll get there. I just, as Chuck said, I'm not. I'm not a good. I'm not a good uh, patient. Seven days. Oh, God help me. Anyway, thanks. Thanks, mate. Uh, one here from Harmi. Hi, Stephen. All the talk about the Warriors shows that people do care. We want the Warriors to succeed. My guess is that the culture needs to shift. Brownlee doesn't strike me as a coach who demands and inspires. He seems more passive and developmental. As for the players, we need to grow some resilience and grit, a reason to dig in beyond a paycheck. Hopefully we can pick up a center or two who can defend and put some pain in on defense. Wow, that's 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 a well thought out text. Thanks, buddy. Uh, passive, I love that. Passive and developmental. What a great line. Uh, I think I might roll with you, pal, on that one. Um, culture's an interesting one, right? But when you look at what the culture was like with Ivan Cleary here, as he took them to a grand final in 2011, outstanding. When you look at the culture that Ivan has at Penrith, outstanding. Uh, when you look at the culture that Trent Robinson has... Uh, created at the Roosters, where you're basically a rooster for life once you finish there, because they look after you after you're playing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with them on this one, but culture is, is always driven from the top, mate. And I mean the top being the CEO. And I think we've got to be really mindful of that, because the coach will take his lead from the CEO, although the, the coach should also come in with an idea of what culture is and what culture he wants to create. Uh, another one here, Zaid, very loyal listener to the entire station. Uh, he says, getting rid of Nathan Brown, really, what is that going to do for the Warriors? How many different coaches have they yeah. had in the last five years? I don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah, fair play. I mean, the Bulldogs have had, what, four in the last five years? They've gone through coaches like anything. So, no, <clears throat> I hear you completely on that one. Um, I'm, just, I'm just frustrated. I think I'm frustrated like most Warrior fans that we don't have a coach that is from where I sit inspires. Anywho, anywho, it's 11.50. Staffy's in to talk about what's happening in the afternoons.
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.